Are you ready to be a better, more successful, and open-minded trader and investor? I'm Serge Berger, head trader and investment strategist at thestudytrader.com, and I want to help you get there. Whether you've been investing for years or are just getting your feet wet, this podcast will help you cut through the noise and get dialed in on the big picture. We will utilize research, guest interviews, and real-time analysis of the market. We're at a critical juncture in the market where knowledge really will mean power. Where has money been rotating into over the past few months? And what could we possibly read from this for the foreseeable future of a few weeks to a few months? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Steady Wealth Podcast. Great to be here. Thank you for tuning in. We've had great feedback once again over the past three and six months as how we evaluate things. So thank you so much for being a loyal listener. And of course, if you uh, care to share what we are doing at the Steady Wealth Podcast, please do, do spread the, the, the joy. What I want to talk about today is I want to have a look at the market a little bit more broadly in terms of the sector and group rotation that we've been witnessing over the sort of three to four month period uh, and what that we might be able to decipher from that here going forward. In last week's episode, we were specifically looking at the energy sector and we talked about money rotating into the energy sector. We've seen, and I'll go into this into some more detail as well here today, but we've seen money flow into the energy sector at uh, the price of oil has been holding up quite well. And that has also direct consequences to uh, inflation. In fact, if we pull up the rate of inflation, the uh, market expectations for inflation is called break-even rates. You will see that it tracks very closely what not only the energy sector is doing, but more specifically the price of oil. So as we start getting deeper into this year, I think we're going to start to see more people be more concerned again about, an, about, about interest rates. In fact, last week when I spoke with a couple of fund managers, institutional investors, we were talking about the potential of maybe there not being any rate cuts at all this year. And I say potential, right? This is just a hypothetical scenario. The base case right now still is they're going to see some rate cuts this year. But what if that weren't to happen? What if there's even rate increases? No one is really talking about that or very few people are. And I'm not quite sure many, how many people are actually positioned for it. Again, this is hypothetical. This is not our base case just yet, but something we want to be mindful of. Of course, we have an election year, so that makes it even more unlikely. But again, we want to be open-minded, as neutral as possible, open-minded, I should say, to all potential outcomes. So again, if we look at the energy sector, that is what we're seeing. We are seeing a rotation into the energy sector, I think in part due to the inflationary pressures, but also again, keep in mind there are, we have an election year and games could be played in the energy sector to maybe influence certain uh, elections. It's not just US elections, we have globally have elections as well. So again, just something to be mindful of. We wanna be considering all uh, potential all potential scenarios. So that's the most important thing to us to be able to make money. So let's quickly go back to where we started last week. And we talked about again, energy, but energy, it's not so much that energy has been a great performer sort of over a one year period. In fact, over a one year period, the energy sector has actually been lagging quite a bit. In fact, over the 12 past 12 months, to no great surprise, we've seen energy and communication stocks rally the energy sector up about 7% or so, quite materially below 
for example, tech, which is up 50% and some of the other sectors that are up 15, 20, 25, again, 50%. So that's been the case there. However, on a three-year basis, the energy sector, which had a really good 2022, was doing so well that it still is up 100% over a three-year look, look back. But enough about energy. What about the rest of the sectors? First of all, let's maybe take a step back in case uh, some of you guys might be a first-time listener here or if you are uh, looking for a bit of a refresher. Why is and what is maybe, first of all, sector and group rotation in the equity market? And we can extend this out of sector group rotation and and extend it out into asset class rotation, meaning uh, people moving money from equities to fixed income, from fixed income commodities, and so on and so forth. But really at its core, sector and group rotation really refers to the movement of investment capital from one sector of the economy to another. So it occurs when investors shift their focus from one sector that's perceived as overvalued or undervalued to other sectors that are expected to outperform in the current or going forward economic environment. So group rotation is a very similar concept. Groups goes a bit deeper even. So if you think about it in the big picture, so you have asset class rotation first, again, that's literally from asset class to asset class. Then you have sector and group rotation, which is let's say financial sector, tech sector, utilities, so on and so forth. And then you have group rotation. So that would be like transportation stocks money moving from transport stocks to, let's say, regional banking stocks or whatever, right? That, those are groups within industries. But group rotation is a similar concept. It involves the rotation of capital between different groups of stocks within the same sector. Investors often engage in sector and group rotation based on various factors, depending on where we are in the economic environment. In fact, that, that is one of them. Market sentiment, interest rates, geopolitical events, political events maybe even, so during the period of economic expansion, for example, investors might rotate into cyclical sectors like industrials, materials, and during economic downturns, we tend to see more defensive sector rotation in the utilities and, and, and consumer staples, which actually brings me to the first chart I would like to bring up. And again, if you're listening to us in a traditional cast up hub, then don't worry, I will be talking about these charts just well enough so you do not need to be seeing these charts. So if you're watching on YouTube, I will be sharing with you the, the actual charting. So let's have a look at this and discuss uh, some of these rotations. In fact, the first sort of warning sign that we've seen over the course of the past few weeks, let's say, is really what we've seen in terms of rotation or performance of consumer staple stocks versus consumer cyclical stocks. The way we can look at that is through the lens of uh, the XLP ETF versus the XLY ETF. And I'll quickly even share this with you in terms of actually just making your ratio chart. So we can see that, for example, the XLY, if we divide it by the XLP, again, that's XLY divided by XLP, that is basically rotation from uh, cyclical stock into more defensive, has essentially stopped going higher. In fact, it stopped going higher in December. It's in the process of potentially making a lower high. It's early days, but it's something we're watching closely. As I've been talking about the clients all week and in different videos for our different subscription levels over the past few days or so, rotation from cyclical stocks to consumer staple stocks, the bulls, <laughs> right? The bulls will look at it different than the bears. The bulls will look at, it, oh, it's a broadening or it's a rotation game. The more skeptical, the bears will point out that it's exactly what I said. It's literally rotation into more defensive stocks. 
where I can come up, come down on this is um, until we start making seeing more stocks break down, it's really not a whole big deal of either. However, I will say that it really at the margin doesn't matter all that much anyway, because the tech sector is so big and so powerful. And these huge mega cap tech stocks are really ruling the day. So that I think in this day and age, and this will change, of course, going forward, these MAG 7s, if you want to call them MAG 5 and so on and so forth, are so big that the broader market is basically based all reliant on them. And again, we know this is nothing new. What I'm trying to tell you is that the sector and group rotation is a little preview of what may be happening, but it's hard to take it with more than a, you really have to take it with a grain of salt because ultimately the tech sector is everything as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of the tech sector, one thing I do want to quickly point out, and this I think should be interesting to many of you that are following the equity markets, we have seen, we track algorithms quite closely. And we see that the 21-day moving average, and we could even be a bit more, particularly on a weekly closing basis, the 21-day moving average is one that's been holding up very, really well here. And those are getting a bit technical here. But the QQQ, for example, except for a few moments below there, uh, has really uh, been respecting the 21-day moving average and the S&P 500 even better. So if you have a chart, go ahead and pull that up yourself if you'd like. And you'll see that the 21-day moving average has been holding as a lot of support, which tells us a couple of things. But the most important thing it tells us is that the algorithm is in charge. The trend-following algorithms are the ones that are in charge here. They are very closely monitoring any pullbacks. There's a lot of stuff at play here from the money flow, uh, meaning my supply, really I'm talking about liquidity in the market, to options and derivatives of all types that are causing all sorts of different distortions. But at the end of the day, the technicals do matter un until they don't, meaning support is support until it's not, resistance is until it's not. So a 21-day moving average may be something to, to, to look at. Let's dig a little bit further into this and start looking at different, uh, different sectors through the lens of, of what else is happening, right? One thing that we have noticed as well is that even though this is early days, and but on a one-month look back, we can see that the that the more defensive stocks are starting to make uh, a bit of a better run once again. So again, this goes back to utilities, goes back to consumer staples. They're trying to make a run. And so when you see this setup, it typically isn't very long until something just puts maybe a wrench into things for a little bit. I have to get technical now in terms of the S&P and the bigger picture, because I do think this here is worth mentioning to anyone that's worth that's willing to listen and i'm actually going to bring up the s p 500 the spx itself and what i just want to point out here is the fact that and again this is purely technical so this has to be taken with a grain of salt but that is important in my view we have broken out and above of the channel that the s p 500 has been trading with the steep upward sloping channel since october 2022 we're breaking above it. We have broken above it. We're accelerating above it. We've broken to all-time highs. We've reached 5,100 on the S&P 500. And from a momentum perspective, through almost every lens, we are extremely stretched. Now, notice, as I always like to say, I'm not saying this is the end of the world and we're going to drop 50%, but I think be aware that we are one morning going to wake up and there will be something, some data point, I don't know what it is. No one knows, I don't think. 
that is going to very quickly erase two, three, four percent of the S and P 500. And then maybe that keeps going for a couple of days, right? Meaning we could mean reward and erase a lot of gains that have been hardly fought hard, have been hard to get and have been done with a lot of effort on the part of investors at home uh, or institutional investors for that matter. So just keep that in mind. And, and I tend to repeat this until everyone listens, or at least people that are willing to listen, of course, because it is that important. I think people forget when you have a market like right now, as I'm recording this here on Sunday, the 25th of February, as I'm recording this here right now, we are seeing the NVIDIA crowd and that's a great story, of course, but everyone's a little bit too high on, on the story. And I think we have to just be mindful that my, while those are great stories, I think they'll be continue to be great stories. Uh, Again, 10, 20, 30% pullbacks are for individual stocks and maybe 10% for the equity market, the S&P, is really very much par for the course. And I think right now when I talk to people, even institutions, they seem to be quite careless about that. So the sector rotation behind the scenes here, it's not screaming, be careful and sell all your stocks. It's screaming, hey, the market is catching us by surprise. And we're going to start maybe doing a little bit more defensive positioning. That's so far what it's saying, but it won't take long until more stocks start making lower lows that this becomes an issue. Speaking of sector group rotation, by the way, one thing I forgot to mention, and then I do want to quickly look at bond yields as well. It's interesting that if we look at the, let's say a three month look back, actually a lot of sectors are not above their December highs of December last year, like the energy sector, which we talked about, and many others you can go through them. So it's really just financials, industrials, and technology, and, and I think healthcare. And, and those are huge sectors. When I say just in numbers of the 11 sectors, a few of them are above, many are below. But again, of course, the heavily weighted ones are way above, which is why the market's been going higher. So keep that in mind again, and, and this too, right? If you say that, let's say six out of 11 sectors or seven, I don't know what it is, right? Uh, are not above their December highs of last year. One could say, okay, we're going to rotate into those sectors after the bulls will say, and they'll keep going and that's possible. Or it's okay, the broader market hasn't caught on and it's lagging and it's just a few other sectors that are going higher. Both arguments would work, but again, once again, the important thing to me, at least here, is to recognize that the tech sector is so darn big and the communication sector as well, which is tech, all tech basically. And, uh, and quite frankly, even consumer discretionary stocks at 25% of the XLY consumer discretionary is Amazon, right? So it's all tech, all the same stocks that we keep talking about. Nothing new, have been saying it now for multiple years, but it's important to be cognizant of the fact, right? Uh, of that. Let's look at bond yields. And then I think we can wrap it up here, but we've been talking about to our clients, where we think the line in the sand is for bond yields. We've been uh, highlighting that 4.2% area on the 10-year note as a point that if we get above there, we would start to see issues. We've gone above there. The broader market has not wobbled too much. I think part of that, again, we had NVIDIA last week, which of course is a hugely important number and people have to chase that. I get it. It's part of the game. But I'll say that we haven't really broken. We had a one-day move above there. And now we've been stalling around 4.3%. I think at this point, it's 4.4-ish, where if we break above there, and it, this could come on the back of an economic data point, I don't know what it is. But I would, if, I were to, if I were to make a bet on what is it going to be that triggers a sell-off in the equity market, and I'm talking about just corrective move, right? Not end of the world. 
I would say it's, again, it's a data point. As I said before, it's something that is going to spike yields higher. 10 year above 4.4, that I think will probably cause the equity market to start having bigger issues. So that's what we're focusing on right now, folks. Again, if you like our Study Wealth podcast, our weekly thoughts here as we head into the new week, please do share this with, with anyone that, that cares to listen. Studywealthpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you again next week's Steady Wealth podcast episode. Uh-huh.